Good evening, everyone. Oh, we can do better than that. Good evening, everyone. Oh, that was much better. I'm the children's director here at Rosewood, so I might ask for participation during my message. Feel free to shout out answers if you think you've got the right one, okay? Don't be shy. <laughs> Tonight, I'm going to preach on a, a scripture that has been... Uh, uh, God has convicted me lately with this scripture. It's a simple one. Most of us have heard it many times, and I thought it would be a great reminder um, for us this evening. So if you would turn with me to Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to start at verse 13. For those of you who take notes, the title of my message is, Where is Your Impact? And we'll get into what I'm trying to say as we go along. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time of worship together. And Lord, as we uh, look into your word, um, we pray that you will speak to us, that your Holy Spirit will re um, make things clear for us, Lord, this evening so that we can go out into the world challenged and ready to make changes in our own lives and our journeys with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, tonight we're going to talk about your impact. And the first thing I want to tell you, based on the scripture we just read, is your impact is you are salt. Now, I have a question for you. What do we use salt for? To season things, yes, our food, anything else? Ice to keep us from slipping outside, it's winter time. Anything else? To preserve food, good. Anything else? No, that's it? Okay. Good, good answers. If you said one of those, pat yourself on the back. Sorry, I don't have any treats for you. Usually I have treats for the kids. I apologize. I gave them all out this morning. <laughs> and so salt is used for many things. In Jesus' day, Salt was important because it was used to purify things, it was used to preserve things, and it was also used, like we said, to add flavor to food. Today, we use salt similarly. You all said some of the ways that we use um, salt. Some other things. Uh, one other thing I thought of as I was thinking, what do we use salt for? A lot of people use salt to like soothe their muscles. Um, people nowadays, it's a thing to like soak in a tub of salt, like Epsom salt, to ease your muscles, your, you know, your aches and your pains. Um, when I was in high school, I had braces, and um, every time I got my braces tightened every three months, my orthodontist would say, uh, take some warm water, put some salt in it, mix it up, and then swirl it around your mouth. It'll help ease the pain. Uh, I don't know if it worked. 
because my mouth still hurt and I could still only eat soft food. But for some people, it helps to soothe, it helps to heal. And so the reason why Jesus used salt as a part of being our, of our impact on the world is because, as we've said, salt does many things in many different circumstances. It uh, melts ice for us so we can walk. It also adds flavor to our food. We can use it to purify things. We use it to preserve food. We use it to soothe our aches and pains. And so we are salt because we too, in different circumstances, can be just as effective as salt is in every one of those instances. And so we spend a lot of time in church, but most of our time is spent outside of church, correct? And so we work. What else do we do outside of church? We, we go to work, school, shop, gym, right play, sleep, amen, we sleep, amen, we eat, we do all of these things outside of church. It's really easy to be uh, a follower of Jesus in church, right? It's really easy to be, to say in church, I believe in Jesus, I follow Jesus, this is how Jesus has worked in my life, right? But then we step outside of church, and then it gets a little tricky, right? We go to work, we go to school, and all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, I follow Jesus. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I, I go to church. We get a little quieter. We get a little shy all of a sudden. All of a sudden, we forget that we, we love Jesus. Or not that we forget, but we forget to tell other people that we love Jesus. I can't lie. It's tough. When I was at York University my first year, First class, like ever, of university, my, t my TA, my teaching assistant in my tutorial, she got up in the front of the class, she introduced herself, and then she said, I'm an atheist. And I went, oh, okay, wow, how am I gonna, okay, I believe in Jesus. How are, she's marking my papers? Yikes. Maybe I shouldn't mention that I love Jesus. Maybe then my mark will stay okay. And one day in the class, it was a Greek mythology class, and um, she mentioned um, why she came to the determination that she didn't believe in God. And I was listening to her, and I was shaking my head, and she looked at me, and she said, Bria, because it was a small class, there's about 15 of us, so she could see me shaking my head. And she said, do you have something to say? And I shook my head. I said, no, no, it's okay. Continue teaching. It's okay. And she said, well, clearly you disagree with me. And I said, well, and I paused, and I said, all right, I guess this is it. No turning back. I'm about to have to be salt. I'm about to have to be effective about talking about my faith with someone who doesn't believe and also has control of whether I get an A or not. And so I said, well, I'm sorry, I'm a Christian. And she went, ooh. And I said, I, I said if you want to debate this, we can, not here, because class, but after, if you have questions about my faith, feel free to ask me. And she said, well, why don't you ask me why I don't believe, and I said, I think it's best if I speak and tell you why I believe what I believe. 
And yes, yes, it was great. We never had that conversation, but I was ready. I was ready. And I realized, I realized that in that situation, then all of a sudden, as classes continued, all of a sudden there were other people in my class who were like, well, I also believe, I also go to church. This is a church I go to. Just because I decided to say in a space that might have seemed hostile or unwelcoming to, to, who, to who I was in Christ became a place where I had other friends who also believed. And so God calls us to be effective, just like you sprinkle salt over here to melt your ice or you sprinkle salt on your food, right? God wants us to be effective wherever we go. So tonight, when you leave here, remind yourself, I am salt. I'm the salt of the earth. It's not always going to be easy, but it will make an impact because you have Jesus. And so the next thing in our scripture that we learn is that you are light. Verse 14 simply says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Okay, another question. Let's wake our brains up again. What do we use light for? To see. Nothing else? That's it? Okay, good. Good answer. Pat yourself to get a suntan. The sun, yes, yes. But mostly we use, we use it to see to illuminate, right, what we're looking at. And so light is important to Jesus. It's important. How do we know? If you look at John chapter 8, verse 12, this is what it says. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Why is light important to Jesus? He is light. Jesus was pointing out some important things about his unique divine purpose and his identity, right? He was coming to the world to tell us that he was light, that he was love. When Jesus called himself the light of the world, he was making the claim that he had an exclusive spiritual light. Jesus was explaining that his light represented the light of his truth, the light of his word, the light of his eternal life. And those who perceive his light will never walk in spiritual darkness. So Jesus is light. And when we follow Jesus, we have his light, which means we are light. What does that mean for us? We're tasked with a very important responsibility. Light must shine. It must shine. The scripture says, the one we read in Matthew, verse 15, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. You don't turn on a light and then cover it. It doesn't make sense, right? You don't walk into a dark room, turn on the light, and then put a cover over the light. Then you can't see because now you're back in darkness. It doesn't make sense. We can't hide. If we're followers of Christ, we have the light. It's in us. We can't hide it. Which means that if 
we are the light of the world, we have to shine. And Jesus says in verse 16, basically that we have to make an impact. He said, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Like I said earlier, we've been given a big responsibility to shine in front of others, to make an impact so that God's glory will be shown and he will be praised. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, and it can help us understand how to shine. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1 says, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. That's what Paul said to the Corinthians. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Christ is our example of how to shine in the world. If we follow him and his example, we can shine too. So how? How can we shine? That's the big question, right? The first part is, is easy, right? We have to be effective where we are. We have to be the light. But how? I have a couple of examples, simple ones. These are not, it's not an exclusive list. It's not, these are just the ones that Bria said, so this is it. No, there are many ways. I just am giving you a start on how you can shine your light. So the first way, very simple, is pray. Pray, right? Be a person of prayer. I tell the kids downstairs all the time that prayer changes things. When we pray, things change. God hears our prayers. And so we can't be light shiners if we don't pray, if we don't talk to the one who gives us the light in the first place. We have to pray without ceasing. You want to make an impact? Pray for those around you, right? Pray for those around you. Whether they believe or they don't believe, pray for them. It, it fills my soul when, I, when people tell me, oh, I was praying for you this week, right? It really can make a difference in someone's life if you pray for them. And it's simple because you don't even have to tell them that you're praying for them. You just have to pray for them. My grade four teacher, I'll never forget, he said to me, I was struggling in school. I won't tell you why, but I was struggling in school, and he said, do you want to make a change? And I said, well, yes. And he said, well, be about it. If you are a follower of Christ and you have the light in you, you have to be about it. You have to pray about it. You can't just live. You've got to pray. You've got to want it for yourself, but also you've got to want it for those around you. Another way that we can be impactful and let our light shine is worship in spirit and in truth. Praise God. Do it unashamed. That's a great way to show your light to the world. I told Chris I was going to tell a story about him, so I'm going to do it. So a couple of years ago on our March break retreat, it was like the first day uh, the band was setting up their equipment. Um, I was in charge of putting the PowerPoint together because we were using my laptop. And so 
um, after things were settled down and we were kind of just chilling out, um, I said to Chris, so I'm going to do the PowerPoint. And he was like, no, it's okay. Someone else is going to do it. And I said, well, I made it. So I could do it. I know, I know what's going on. And he probably doesn't even remember he said this to me, but I'll never forget it. And I said, well, why, why can't I do the PowerPoint? And he said, well, Bria, you worship, like, openly. And I said, okay. And he said, no, meaning you worship like no one's watching you, like you're, or you're, un, you're, un, you're not concerned whether people are looking at you, if your hands are up, if your hands are down, you just worship openly and honestly. It's, super, it's very authentic. And I said, okay, what does that have to do with PowerPoint? And he said, well, on the retreat, I want the youth to see somebody who worships openly and authentically. And I said, wow. I never really thought of it like that. I didn't really ever think that my worship could make an impact on someone else. But he said, it could. And so when we worship openly and authentically, it can shine a light. Yes, amen, amen. <laughs> Another way that we can shine a light is by being grateful. So this year, you know, it's the start of the year. You think about your New Year's resolutions, what you're going to do to change this year. And God really pressed on my heart that I was kind of pessimistic. I looked at the glass, usually half empty versus half full. And so I really had to change my attitude of gratitude. I really had to change it. And so I started a, uh, a thank gratitude journal. Every night before I go to bed, I write down a few things of, why I'm thank of what I'm thankful for. I'll tell you this much. It really has lifted the weight of pessimism off of my shoulders. It really has. People, my friends are even starting to notice, wow, you seem lighter. You seem a lot lighter. You're not complaining as much. I said, well, the Lord is good. <laughs> He really challenged me to think about things and look at things and be thankful. And that is a way that you can shine a light, is by being thankful, even in difficult situations, by being thankful. My grandma's going to hate this, but I'm just going to say she's one of the most thankful people I know. It doesn't matter what it is. She's always thanking God for what he's doing for her, what he's done for her. Even if we get home from church, she'll just say something like, thank you, Lord, for getting us home. It's super simple, but it really has made an impact on me, and she doesn't even know that. But her speaking how grateful she is, even about the little things, really makes an impact. When we speak our gratitude, it makes an impact. Um, a couple weeks ago, Kobe Bryant passed away. And there was a meme going around on Instagram that was saying, you know, um, I'm paraphrasing. I can't remember the exact quote that was going around, but it was something along the lines of, man, like simply a blessing just to get home. Like you don't think about it when you get home, how grateful you should be that you made it home at the end of the day. And so when, we're, when we stop and we think, yes, things can be really tough, but God is doing great things in our lives. And when we're thankful, his light shines through our gratitude, through our gratefulness. 
Another way is by being selfless, by being humble. Um, if you say that you're humble, I don't think you're humble. <laughs> I think that people who have humility just are humble. They just live it. It's in their spirit. It's who they are. We identify them as humble, not the other way around, right? It's about our action. It's about how we speak to people, how we treat people, all of that, right? How we even look at ourselves, all of those things. When we are humble, it shines through. People start to recognize, well, why, why are you like that? What, what is that about? Same with being a person of gratitude. Why, why are you always saying thank you for things? And you can say, well, let me tell you about my Jesus. It opens up, right? You shine a light when you're grateful, when you're humble, when you're self, when you think about other people. Another way is by building relationships. Um, your light needs to shine for somebody to see it. You have to have connections with people. Um, I've told the kids once in a while, I say, it's really nice to have friends who are Christians. Why? Because you can encourage each other and lift each other up and pray for each other. And it's nice to have people who think like you, who understand the journey and all of those things. But if all you have are Christian friends, you're doing it wrong. You need to have people who don't know Jesus so your light can shine so that they may see. Right? Just like, just like Christians need to see our lights as well, we need to build relationships connection with people. Jesus did this all the time, built connections, right? All through the Bible, all through his story. I mean, we can start with the 12 disciples, right? He built a connection, a relationship with 12 disciples, and they went on after he died, resurrected, and ascended back to heaven. They carried on because of the connection that he built with them. Imagine if you built a connection with one person and that person, because of the connection that you made through Christ, they went on to make a connection with another person. So now that's two people who now know Jesus and then so on and so on and so on. Our light can shine in relationships with other people. Another way is to be intentional. Jesus was intentional about how he went about shining his light so people could see. I told the kids this morning, we looked at John chapter 9, which was about the man born blind. And the disciples had asked him early in the scripture, they said, well, um, why was he born blind? Because his parents were sinning? Or was it because he was sinning? And Jesus said um, simply, no, he was born blind so that people would see what Jesus was about to do by healing him. And so Jesus was intentional. He made connections, and that's how his light shined. People knew about Jesus because he took steps out. He went out. He didn't stay in, right? If he stayed inside to himself, people wouldn't have been healed. The disciples wouldn't have come together. None of that would have happened. Jesus is asking us to be intentional. Take a step out. 
take a step out. There's someone at your workplace who needs to see Jesus' light. And maybe the only way that's going to happen is if you step out. There's someone in your school who needs to hear about Jesus, and maybe it's only going to take you stepping out, stepping out in faith, taking that step, being intentional, building relationships, remembering that it's our task. God trusted us with his light. He trusted us with his light, and now it's our job to go out into the world and share his light with those who need it. And I think this is the greatest way of impact. If we look at Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 to 39, it says this. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love people. That is one of the biggest ways that you can make an impact, that your light can shine. When you love God, you can love people. You can love your neighbor. Who is your neighbor? Everybody. Everybody. Anybody you encounter in this life is your neighbor. They need God's love. And the way to do it is simply this, put God first, right? The first commandment is love the Lord your God with everything you've got. When you do that, his love can easily shine through you because you've released whatever idols or whatever things are holding you back from loving him first. And once you do that, then loving your neighbor is easier, easier. It's still hard. Loving your neighbor is not easy. There are people in this life who will test your patience. I'm telling, it's true. But they need God's love just as much. And so when we think about where our impact is, have you taken that step to make an impact in someone else's life? God met with you and changed your life. Now it's your chance. He's given you the, the responsibility by putting his light in you to shine it so that someone else may see. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this time together, Lord. And we pray that as we go from here, we think about how we can change and how we can shine your light to those around us, how we can make an impact so that your glory may shine. Lord, we pray that um, whatever things may be stopping us from walking out, taking those steps forward to building connections and being intentional, Lord, may we, may we pray about it. May we leave it in your hands, Lord. God, we just thank you for this time together. May you bless each one. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.